So funny story. <laughs> um, I'm reading today that they got that they're basically getting rid of the Pro Bowl. Oh um, man, that's so sad. <laughs> I'm just downtrodden. I can't believe it. Oh no! Oh. So <laughs> me and seven other guys watch that every year. <laughs> no, well. For any of you that that aren't sports people, um, the Pro Bowl is football's version of the All Star Game, <laughs> and so um, the the Pro Bowl though is particularly garbage. Here's what I didn't know. Here, I remember, I remember, you know, when I was little, I was really like hardcore into like certain sports. The All Star Game, I really enjoyed the baseball All Star yeah. Game. I really enjoyed uh, basketball All Star Game. Not everybody does, but I did. And so I was like, man, this football thing's got to be great, right? <laughs> and I remember being like 10 to 12 years old and turning it on and just being like, this is hot garbage. <laughs> just absolutely. So anyways, what I didn't know, what I didn't know is this is the story. Apparently, the Pro Bowl has been around since like the, like the 50s. Um, and I'm like, how, how has something so bad survived for so long? And how are they just now getting rid? And, and so I, I guess the lesson that I had this morning is I read this story about them getting rid of the pro ball and you know if, if putting something else in its place was you can be really bad at something and make it seventy something years you know so <laughs> hey I mean and so I feel really really good about my place in the world is I think I'm going to be okay Marshall uh, so um, today's today's pod we're doing something fun we're talking about somebody uh, else. Is, is business, which I think is always fun. And um, we're particular fans of music in general, you guys, um, as it comes to music marketing as we're, and just marketing in general, obviously. But we're going to talk about this, which is Cream Magazine and um, kind of some of the really cool things. Cream uh, is a rock magazine for anybody that doesn't know. It's from way back in the 60s, 70s. Really interesting history, which we'll get into. But where I think it's going to be fun for us today is we're going to talk about like how this magazine died and has come back from the dead and the very interesting things that they've done to make that happen. So Marshall, if you're ready, let, let's dive in. Let's, let's talk about cream. Okay, man, I got to ask you, we, okay, we, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know us and spend a lot of time with us, we do this a lot. We get into a lot of, really important and that's underlined and bolded and italicized and i'm gonna say philosophical debates about movies right <laughs> don't we i mean yes. we do it we do it all the time so 100%. i know one i know one movie that you and i both share a real love and affinity for and it's a little film called almost famous so almost I mean, seriously, one of my favorite movies of all time. I still go back to it all the time. I introduce new people to it all the time. I, I, I love it to the point where I'm literally thinking about the history of Cream Magazine, and I immediately in my head I'm reminded of Almost Famous, right? And that's it's kind of where my head goes. It's where my head ties, and and it makes me start, then of course I start thinking about movies. And this is what always happens. I start thinking about quotes. I start thinking about quotes from the movies, and holy cow, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Almost Famous, where he's playing Lester Banks, who was the renowned journalist from cream magazine has so many good quotes in this movie but there's one that i wanted to make sure to point out today because i thought it just spoke so good it goes just like this the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else 
when you're uncool. <laughs> I mean, come yeah. on. What a quote, right? We, we talk about being nerds all the time, but this takes it to a whole new level. That's just such a good quote. I, I know you probably could chime in on that, too. Yeah, you know, um, I love that movie so much. I love that quote in particular because I feel like that's where we we live where we're like the biggest nerds in the world who aren't really cool. And for some reason people listen to us, which great, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that movie always rings true in terms of like, there's so many good lessons out of that. And especially that particular character. So uh, setting the stage, um, there's this magazine that I, a couple of, uh, it's cream magazine. Um, some really you and listen we don't have to get into the history of cream magazine it is iconic it was a magazine that right along right alongside rolling stone um reshaped the world and as, as lester bangs iconic rock journalist you know we could get into the history all day but the idea is i'm um i'm sitting in a room i don't remember i feel like i was traveling a, a few months back and i i see a, a facebook ad and this Facebook ad was basically saying, hey, um, Cream Magazine's back. And, you know, support us, basically, was what they said. Be, be a part of this revolution. We're coming back because there aren't any rock magazines anymore. And that's not what the ad was. The ad was very much um, rock music is dead kind of stuff. I mean, it was very, like, slap <laughs> you in the face type stuff. Um, but it set me up to buy a subscription to this and I wanted to be a part of this. I wanted to sort of kind of see what this was about and what they were doing. And I, and it's funny, the marketing and what went on in my head with this marketing is something that every one of us can learn from. And I think it's important that, that this conversation came up just because we're like, if any brands can tap into this in someone's mind, they can cause someone to buy that is their right audience. And so, um, yeah, let's get into it. So yeah, I'm glad we're digging into this, man. It's uh, it's something that's it's important to. I mean, obviously the music world just in general is important to us. But somewhere along the way, this this uh, Cream magazine's made an impression on both of us, and I, I think that's the so the reemergence of it for us to be kind of reintroduced to it um, after all these years and and or after all these you know preconceived notions that we had about it. It's really cool to kind of bring it back around, and 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 you know we both got tons of cool ideas and cool facts about what cream magazine means to us or uh but when someone mentions cream magazine to you what's a what what are, what are some things that come to mind what's what's special about cream magazine um unapologetic honesty about music and mm. with that um running the risk of not being cool but also probably being really cool and that that's you know the idea is you see like MTV start out a certain way and go a different direction. You see uh, Rolling Stone start out a certain way and go a different direction. Now, they did that to survive. Yeah. And that was obviously the right move for their business. These guys didn't make it um, because they didn't change. Mm -hmm. And so you know, when I think of this brand, it's tough for me because I'm like, well, they didn't do what they needed to do to keep their business going. But they kept the cool vibe. And so there is still something that's built into this brand, which is no longer built into MTV anymore. There's no, it's no longer built into Rolling Stone in my brain because I don't see those brands as cool anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's not that they're terrible. It's not that I won't, you know, participate in things that they do, but it's like it's, it lost the vibe. And so 
When I see this, when this lands, and by the way, this is huge. I don't know. I'll just hold it up to my head. And, and you guys, That's Marshall, a really you know, I, big magazine. <laughs> I have a huge head. For those of you that are just listening, like this thing is bigger <laughs> than my head. For those of you that are watching on YouTube or, you know, on the website, like you can see this thing. It's, it's monstrous. But when this lands in my, you know, in my house, like it, it comes in the mail and I pull it open and I start looking at this, the immediate the vibe that I get is I am not cool enough for this magazine. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's what, that's what's so nice about it is I feel like when I start paging through this and, and become a part of this and really consume it, I feel like I'm peering into a world that I somewhat am comfortable with. Cause we dude, that's all we talk about is music most of the time, but that I'm peering into somebody that's got a real piece of the puzzle that I don't have. And, and I feel like there's real things for me to discover. And so this, and, and for those of you, once again, that aren't, that aren't watching us, this is the size of a window. So I really do feel like I'm going, <laughs> looking into a window yeah. when I look at this. And I think that that's something that's really interesting is there are plenty of opportunities in business to make money. There are plenty of opportunities in business to grow fast, but Sometimes when you do those things, you lose the essence or the soul of what you're about. And sometimes if you're patient, and, and by the way, I don't know if these guys are going to make it. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Um, but what I do know about this brand is they still have a coolness about them that can make them money. And sometimes it's just about waiting for your moment, and they've been waiting on a moment. And so as I get into this vibe, the brand that these folks have created and, and what they have cultivated is – there is a level of cool that they were so cool that they died. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they didn't compromise who they were. And if you go back, you know, like I said, there's whole documentaries about cream magazine. I highly recommend you guys go check these things out. Um, but that's where I get, I get that this brand is something that even though it didn't survive at one point, it's a brand that maintained its integrity. And so I very much still have interest into finding out what this is about, and I will spend my hard-earned dollars to do it. Now, there's a whole generation that was around when Cream was actually around, yeah. and, and they're going to be into it. There's a whole generation that, like, or Marshall and I, who we saw Almost Famous, and we're like, oh, I've heard of Rolling Stone, but I didn't know what Cream was. Mm -hmm. and, and then we dug in, and so there is an audience that's absolutely monstrous that is positioned well. And if you go dig into some of this Facebook ad stuff, which I know we're going to get into, um, you start to understand exactly who they were targeting, exactly who they were after, and yeah. how this was a very strategic strike. And that's the thing. Before, there was Facebook ads that allowed you to do this the way they did at the, at the cheapness that you can do it. There probably was no avenue for them to come back at the strength that they wanted to, but this positions them for that. And so I, I for me, the brand is very interesting in that – Man, to maintain your integrity to the point that you will go out of business, um, that's tough. And it's not like they didn't have the blueprint with looking at Rolling Stone and looking at things <laughs> around them to know how to adapt. Yeah. Uh, but they maintain something, and I, and I think that's very, very interesting. And where they're going to go with this is going to be cool. And I am 100% dialed in and ready to get join this ride with them and, and be someone that supports them through this ride financially just to see where this goes. And I think that that is an interesting thing about what they're cultivating. Yeah. And I, I wonder if the, you think there's some sort of just, is it, is it like an artistic tie that, that makes us feel immediately attached to, to something that, you know, I mean, they're covering bands that, you know, may, maybe considered 
you know, very cool to a certain select group of people. And we, you know, there, we, we came up in an age where, you know, a lot of our, our bands that we really followed and we really loved were outside the social norms. And, and I think everyone always feels that way, but man, nothing ties people and makes them feel better about their stance and their, their place in this world, like the arts. And, and, and I'm talking music specifically from cream magazine. So, I mean, I, I know you probably agree with that, but I just think that it's, there's a real beauty behind what they've, what they've been able to do, what they were able to do. And, and, and I think it's so, it's something that maybe, maybe our world's lacking a little bit. Maybe the folks at cream thought, you know, Hey, here's an opportunity we, we, we could use, an outlet for for those people who do feel you know quote unquote parentally uncool and 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 and, and in such a positive way like I mean I, I I'm glad to associate myself with those folks when I can and and I think it's yeah. just such a cool feeling. Well, I think that you know there's a there's a whole style of marketing that we try to employ um, in certain instances called um, inside joke marketing. Yeah, and the thing that I discovered a long time ago at Serial Progress Seeker was. You don't have to start off by being insanely popular with everybody. A great way to build your business is to very much cater to a very tightly niche audience or niche audience and just do everything you can to make sure that they're served. Yep. And that group of people will have their own language. Um, and if you, as the brand, try to enforce that and really like play into it, that's, that's a big thing that group will have their own jokes. That group will have things that they're into that literally, like you said, is uncool outside of that group. And it strengthens the bond between those people because everybody around them thinks it's uncool. And so that's right. what's so great about certain kinds of media, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a YouTube channel, whether it be a magazine, what's so great about certain kinds of media is it takes all of those people and it gives them a place to collectively gather you know, even though they're not physically gathering, it gives them a place to collectively gather. And one of the things that I have been very, very big on, uh, you know, being in a in a band over the years is what does it take to actually create a music scene? And this is interesting. It can't just be a great band. Um, I know lots of great bands that are in spots that they can't grow. They, the soil that's around them, the quote unquote soil that's around them, is not enough that they can grow. Right. And they're really talented, they're really good, but they don't have what they need to grow. And the idea is you have to have a music scene to grow. And so the things that actually form a music scene, that and, and we can apply this to all areas of business and marketing, is this. Number one, you have to have talented musicians. Okay, that that's a must. Number two, you have to have venues for them to play in um, that support the yeah. kind of music that they're doing and they support artistic ability. And you have to have venues for them to play in. Not only do you have to have venues in the town that they're from, you have to have venues that surround the area so they have places to go. Uh, the next thing is you have to have people that report on it. So the mm. band, you got to have a place for them to play. You have to have somebody that comes in and takes pictures, somebody that writes about this stuff so that people that haven't discovered this yet have a place that they can actually discover this. Yeah. How many of you have a Spotify account? I mean, like me and you, me and you Marshall, we have Spotify, yeah. Apple Music, whatever. We can access any music that we want. We still have a hard time. Hey, you heard any good new music lately? Like, oh, it happens all the time. All the time. Yeah. I hit you up constantly. Like, who are you listening to right now? I need something Same. new. I need something new. Right. <laughs> well, in most of our chats with you know our friend group, that that's that comes up all the time. But I think that's the thing is like you need somebody to report about something new happening so that you can go check it out. I am yep. widely open to checking out new things all the time. Uh, whether I heard about it on TikTok, whether I heard about it in a magazine, whether I heard about it online, I want those things in my life. But 
in so many instances, there's not a good reporting body that you can actually trust is reporting on something and, and the writers and the people that are into it, you identify with. And so that's the next thing. After that, you have to have a fan base that's willing to consume. I feel like right now there is a huge group of people out there that are looking for certain kinds of things. And we don't really have the kind of reporting bodies that we used to because a lot of the reporting bodies that we used to have have become something completely different because that's what they needed to do <laughs> to grow and survive. Or, or we're of the age that we'd rather complain about them. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the way I feel about I mean, you mentioned MTV and Rolling Stone. God, I've got just a bad taste in my mouth these days about those brands that I loved as a kid. I mean, absolutely loved. And it's just, you know, I so I'm ser- searching for something to fill that. So uh, you're totally right. Well, the vast majority of my new, new music discovery right now happens on TikTok. I think that is the absolute perfect place to discover new bands yeah. because new bands are, you know, YouTube was a great place before, but it was too long form. It was too expensive to do. TikTok, the short form, I have picked up so many new bands that I'm absolutely in love with with that. Nice. But it is, it is a technology medium that not everybody has picked up on yet because yeah. they think, oh, it's for kids. It's a bunch of kids dancing around. What's interesting about this is we're leveraging a reporting body that already has some credibility and there's something that my generation and I don't know I don't know the generation after us my generation the generation before us there is something magical about turning a page yeah and you know and 100%. vibrant photos vibrant colors and i mean like you know i i can't show some of the pages in this by the way um, <laughs> but like you know this is beautiful man and i don't know if you guys can see this that, that are watching but like this is what this is what it's like when I go out because every so often I get real nerdy and I go out take and, and take photos of bands that are friends and this is what my hard drive looks like after it's just a collage of photos but where does that go you know like you know where does it go when I'm done with that I I send it to the band and those bands usually use it for promotions but that's it if there's yeah. no reporting body to actually put it into whether it's an online magazine whether it's something how do you actually use that stuff and so Something like this is ex- insanely powerful, but they're doing it in a way that makes no sense business-wise. They're doing it in a print way, but to someone like me, this is the interesting thing, and this is where everybody, like, I think the, the big lesson comes in. Somebody's sitting at home and be like, why would anybody start a print magazine for music why, when you could start an <laughs> online business? Because they're no longer searching for a mass audience. Maybe they never were. They're searching for an audience that absolutely has money to spend, loves feeling like they're in with the cool click, even if they're not. I'm pointing at myself, by the yeah. way. I'm, I'm not. So, I am, so feel you there. Yep. I am perpetually not cool, but this, <laughs> this is, you know, this is interesting. And I'll, I'll tell you what, what's going to happen later on. I'm going to take a picture of this and post it online. Um, because number one, I want to show that I'm supporting, but deep down, what's happening? I'm trying to say, hey, I'm cool. Look what I'm associating with. <laughs> I'm trying to take their cred and bleed it into me somehow. Now, what's interesting about that is when you can create something like that, you absolutely can reach a huge, huge, huge audience. Yeah. And if what I want everybody to do, if you want to tap into kind of what they're doing and, and what they're trying to perpetuate, go to their Facebook page. So go to Cream Magazine's Facebook page. Just go look it up on your own and scroll down um, and find where it says page transparency. So you can go look for page transparency. This is on any Facebook page, by the way. And I want you to click in and and you'll have a place where you can actually click into their ads. 
And when you click into their ads, it's going to show you all the ads that they're currently running, all the ads that they've been running the last few months. And there's very much a theme. There's very much a vibe. One of the main vibes that they've been putting out is rock is dead, so is print. <laughs> but they're sending out a magazine. And so <laughs> what, I, what I think is really cool is when you can create something in your brand that, that centers an audience and makes them feel like they're cool even when they're not, you've got something. Yeah. And so that's that's where this really starts to grow in a big way. Um, one of the things that uh, you know I, I've done before that sort of fits into this because I'm not cool um, <laughs> is you have seen you have, I, I know you've called it out. You have seen a T-shirt that I wear um, occasionally, and it is uh, for Nirvana's first label. Yep. And here's what's so funny, you guys. Most most places I wear that T-shirt to, nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of it, and but it never fails that I'll be out uh, on a trip in a city and I'll have my shirt on, and somebody be like, "Oh, hey man, that's I love it, I get it." Yep. And I'm not wearing it because everybody understands what I'm doing. I'm wearing it because I want to attract the people and talk to the people that do. Yeah. And so what I'm looking for, you know, with this is this is a ticket into a world that I get to hang out and talk to people that fit something and understand something that most of the people don't. And so that when you can create a product, when you can create a brand that is not for everybody, but it is a badge of honor for people that want to connect with other people that have similar interests, that's where things get incredibly interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I that's the thing. I think it's very interesting how they are putting themselves into a spot where their brand, their thing, this doesn't look like anything else that's out there right now, is absolutely a ticket to connect with other people. And like I said, when you go to their page and you see kind of what they're doing now, this is the absolute beginning. And I hope they make it. I hope this this goes well for them. But they've actually created a club. Hmm. And you can't think about this as a magazine. You have to think about this as a club. And how do you get a ticket into the club and be a part of something that most people out there are not a part of. And maybe you got to pay a little bit of a premium for it. Because, I mean, I spent more money on this magazine than I would spend on a magazine sure. like, normally. Yeah. But how, how, do you, how do you get into that club? And when you're doing that kind of thing, you can absolutely charge a premium for what you're doing. So many of us, man, when we start a business, we don't do a good job of saying, hey, uh, this is you know this is only for this group. We try to get it so that everybody will buy from us. We don't want to exclude people. We don't want to make people like they don't they, they don't belong. Um, but when you do that first, it's much easier to build a exclusive club and charge more than it is to appeal to everybody. Yep. And you could be like Apple. Like one of the great stories is Apple didn't become Apple computers because Apple was for everybody at first. Apple was very much for designers and people that were artistic, and that was that was their crowd. They were not the folks that put computers in a business where you could do spreadsheets and things like that at first. They were absolutely for artists. But what they established and the foothold they got early on and the coolness of their brand because of who they actually brought in early on, they charged a premium, number one. But number two, they were able to turn into the Apple that we know today that, you know, almost how many people carry one of these in their pockets. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing is sometimes you have to understand, even if you want to be a mass market product, even if you want to be a mass market brand, 
you got to start off by bringing the people that are going to be your brand ambassadors. You have to create the club early on that they feel like it's exclusive, and that's how it turns into something big. No, absolutely. And, and you touched on so many good things there, and I want to make sure to tie a few of those back because I've got more questions for you. But let's start at the beginning. So tell me about – so obviously you're a subscriber. you got that big, beautiful magazine, which what a statement piece. I mean, that's I, I think there's probably a lot of uh, – a lot of folks that had put a lot of input into that and said, you know what, we, this thing's got to be big, almost obnoxious, because it's got to be something yeah. that sticks out, right? Uh, I think that's awesome. But tell me about the subscription process. Like, what, uh, you know, obviously you got a magazine that showed up, but what, any kind of bonuses they offer, uh, any, anything that you learned along the way as far as you talked about setting up that club, I'm sure now you're probably on some email lists and things like that. What kind of, what kind of things are they doing from a subscription standpoint that have stuck out to you? Well, the first thing is is you get access to all these old issues, um, and so like you get access to an archive of Cream Magazine, and so for anybody like me that wants to dig into like okay, what where did this come from? Not like what did the documentaries that I've watched because I just recently yeah. watched a documentary. I can't remember what what it was on, but um, we'll try to put that in the show notes, you guys. Yeah. Um, but I just watched a documentary on this, and it was fascinating. But then like you know, I don't want to just hear what a documentarian put together i want to actually dig into like what what was this all about who did they report on who were the bands that really helped them create this world and this vibe that they created you know that i first learned about in some weird movie um (laughs) and so you know i was able to sort of start digging through those things in a digital sense so this is what was really smart i was waiting on this this is what i was excited about you know and so i mean it's just all sides it's beautiful right um, oh, that looks awesome. <clears throat> that's yeah, a, that's so, specifically about Bowie? So so here's the thing. We got this, and I'll get into this in a second. And, and they're advertising this, which is uh-huh. like a little – they also sent this, which I didn't expect, which is this is entirely about Bowie. Oh, and cool. So, and so that's lots awesome. Of, but, but here's the thing that's really interesting about these folks that I think is, is super important. You get into the membership, and you don't feel like you're waiting for – what you actually ordered because they give you this archive of things. And so, so many times I think it's incredibly important in our business that we pre-sell something that we've got coming. It helps us finance. It helps us do a good job. It helps us to gauge demand before you've even created it. But what do you have that you can give to people right away that makes them feel like, Oh, cool. Well, I'll, I'll occupy myself with this while I get into this next thing. And so very, very smart thing is when I, you know, I saw this Facebook ad, I was like, oh, that's cool. I love that. And I bought through and right away I was taken into a world where I could dig through the archives of this digitally. And this is the beauty of having a digital business now. They've archived all of their stuff. It's all there. And I actually forgot that this was arriving at my house. That's cool. But I but I was already digging this. And then this showed up and I was like, oh yeah. And so now I'm like back into this vibe. So I think it's incredibly important. Use your past products. Use your past things that, that have been wins to sort of satisfy people while they're waiting for this next thing. And, and by the way, they absolutely knew what their demand was. They absolutely had their printing costs paid before this issue even went out um, because people were saying, yes, we're in. We are in. And if they didn't, they could always go back and refund people and say, hey, it didn't work out. We appreciate it, but probably not going to do this. But they absolutely knew they could do it because everybody prepaid for what they've got coming. So just yeah. an interesting business model. Yeah, that's so cool. I, I love it so much because it's it's just it just feels. Here's a here's a phrase for you. 
nostalgically authentic. It, yeah. It's take it's taking me back to a certain place, but it feels like it just feels so real, and it also feels it feels current again. Like it, it's insane. Like I, I feel like we've stumbled on to something new, which is not new at all. It's just a it's just a new uh, new new look on it. That's all it is. It's so cool. Um, well, you, so you talk and you yeah. talk. Oh, you talk a little bit too. I want to make sure to ask you this too. So I've seen merchandise. I've seen, you know, there's stuff, obviously there's social media ads, which to be honest with you, I want to read a couple of these, uh, social media headlines because they are just fantastic. I mean, I, there's, there's one, there's one or two that I've come across that are so good. There was, there was one that came out that said, uh, the first issue of cream to be published this millennium is here. We've got very few copies left. And then right under there, it says collect two, one to smudge your greasy little fingers all over and one to resell on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, because they're like, yeah, we know you jokers are probably going to do stuff like that. And then here's my favorite one. It talks about the subscribing to the new one, and then it says, read Cream, because ranking pop songs isn't journalism. And I'm like, yikes. You know, that's that's fantastic. It's beautiful. Now, number one, I'll tell you right now, when I read a ranking, literally there was one that came out from Rolling Stone yesterday that I got all excited about because I'm such a nerd for rankings. But that spoke to me on the other side too. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's true. It's not it's not really journalism, not anymore, not in the world we live in now. It's no. just crazy. Well, and I think that that's interesting. It's like, you know, they are able to position themselves as cool. And yeah. the, the really interesting thing, I think the marketing lesson here is when there is a behemoth, that you're up against, even if you're not really up against, like these guys aren't competing with Rolling Stone. Like no, it's just not no. even, but they created a villain. Yeah. And, you know, and they didn't have, they didn't even have to call Rolling Stone out. And I think most of us know <laughs> what this is about. Yeah. And so I think that's, what's really interesting is, is it's really easy to position yourself as cool. Um, when you can create a villain, you don't have, it doesn't always work as well when you're create, trying to create a villain of somebody that's equal with you. Uh, that can backfire really quickly. But if there's like this giant two-headed monster that's out there that's <laughs> huge, that's the size of a building and you're the size of just a normal person, I think it's really easy to position your business in a way that people are like, oh, yeah, man, I never thought of it that way. I don't like that. Even if I do like a piece of that, wait, is that not cool? And <laughs> there's so many things that go on in your head. And even if it's something that you do sort of enjoy and it's like it's candy, you realize that you're not getting a meal. I think that's the idea here is – when I got this in the mail, I realized that I was about to eat a steak dinner. Um, yeah, you know, and and that's the thing is like that's that's what consuming this is going to feel like, um, and it's going to take some time to, to to actually digest this. When I'm most of what I'm getting, and this is what's kind of crappy. I, I'm the same way, man. I love a good top ten. I love a, but it's candy. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's candy, it and it's disposable, and it's. That that's the thing. We've gone so far this direction, and and anybody can learn from this and, and understand how to go the other direction. We've gone so far the direction of split second content with like TikTok things like that, things that can be consumed consumed so quickly that when you position yourself as completely the opposite end of the spectrum, you can do some really cool things by saying, "Hey, we're not this." Yeah. Um, one of the most effective ways that I've ever learned, because I've done some work on this to sell, you know, weight loss stuff, is when everybody else is saying it's easy. You'll get here in thirty days. You'll get here in ninety days. Is to position. Hey, we're not like that. We are hard work, but the results are real. And yeah. you do those kinds of things, and like that. That lesson in marketing for me has paid off in a big way, and that's exactly what they're doing right now. They are calling out their enemies. That it's not going to hurt their enemies, but it's going to position them in a way 
that they are seen as the cool cat on the block. And you got people like me who have gotten to this point in their life who have money to spend and they don't need 100,000 subscribers. They need a much lower volume of subscribers that are paying a much higher rate than their competitors are. And if they've got that, they win. And, and it's not going to, the customer service isn't that bad either because they have less customers. Right. And so it's, it's a very interesting business model. Oh, it's re- it's really interesting, and it's it's funny that what you said there just totally resonated with me too. You know, from my past in the casino world, I used to I used to work at a quote unquote cream magazine when we had a Rolling Stone right down the road that we had to compete against. We used to call it the eight hundred pound gorilla. By the way, right? Um, we felt like we were always throwing rocks. You know, that's what we're trying to do. How do we throw more rocks? How do we throw more rocks? And then, of course, you know, somewhere along the way, it, it kind of changed. But it was it was it's such a uh, it's fun to play the underdog sometimes, man. It's and, and it's and you get to do it and, and when you can do it the way these guys are doing it, and I think this is something I wanted to ask you about too. The way these guys are doing it with such a it seems like a level of it takes a level of confidence to be able to speak in this tone, doesn't it? Like doesn't it, it, the way they're coming across in their marketing and, and the way they're coming across in their branding, like it's just they're obviously confident. They know who they are, they know who their audience is, and they're just gonna bang that drum. And I think that's really, really impressive. But it does take a great amount of confidence, and we talk about that all the time in our world, how important it is to be able to establish that confidence for yourself so that you can you know effectively operate any business it feels like a good rock and roll band man um yeah yeah you know it, it, and i think that's it's why it speaks so well to what they're doing because that they're a rock magazine but like you know you think about a good rock band the best rock bands that we've ever had obviously there's good good musicians like we, there has to be good music like that's a given but some of the best rock bands of all time like like really the ones that are going to stand the test of time. There was this level of weird confidence that they had. And, you know, a couple, yeah. a couple of really come to mind, but like you can't do what Led Zeppelin did without great confidence. You can't be Oasis without great confidence. And that's the thing is like just that weird level of completely unfounded confidence that they <laughs> should not have in themselves, but they do is insanely attractive to a lot of people. And yeah. that's the thing is you don't actually have to have all these people saying that you're cool. If you come out of the gate and you have an air about you, which, like I said, everybody, please, that's listening to us, go look at these ads. Go look at their Facebook page. <laughs> go watch what they're doing. And really quickly, you're going to understand that there is something happening. And I think what's what's so cool about this is, is this. is As I said at the beginning, they're operating – in a way that like we don't care if being who we are kills us we're going to be who we are yeah. and there is something insanely attractive about we will die with this ship or this thing's going to explode and we're still going to be who we are and, and I, <laughs> I think that that's the thing when i when i think about the upcoming issues that are going to be like landing i feel like i'm actually getting the truth and like that's something that right now is is very hard to get that feeling about anything that's media yeah. Um, that anybody has that vibe, that anybody's not, you know, going for ratings. And I think that's the thing. If you can position yourself in a way that you, you know, have integrity, that that's the thing that is the swing right now. You know, with where we yeah. are right now, the swing is when you can position yourself as talking with integrity and you don't give two shits if anybody else likes it or not, but it's the truth. You're going to lose a lot of people, but you're going to bring the right ones close. And I think that that's, that's a powerful thing. That's right. And I think you you touched on a lot of things right there that 
I think makes so much sense as we think about the way that we're relating things in Serial Progress Seeker. And I, I know you feel this way too. So just talk specifically about some of the things that you've seen the team at Serial Progress Seeker aligning, whether it's, you know, whether it's tech, whether it's ideas or confidence or messaging that we've got going out, even, uh, you know, even from subscription standpoint, like, you know, because we've got we've got some SaaS things going on in this and that world. Any of that stuff kind of correlate from like, I mean, you picking anything up from Kareem and going, shit, we need to be doing this at Serial Progress Seeker. I think the the thing that, you know, that really always hits me when, when I think about things like this is there is a level of training that you put yourself through of what a quality product is, right? Like yeah. when you think about, hey, I'm putting out a quality podcast or I'm putting together a quality course or I'm putting it together a quality software. There are things that you pick up that you're trying to learn fast. Yeah. And so you sort of put it into this library in your head of this is what right is. And sometimes what sneaks in is something that is not a rule and it's not you. And I think the thing that really is super important with this is before you get too far down the road and before your business like really turns into this monster thing, you've got to know who you are, really know who you are, really what your mission is and who your enemies are. You yeah. know, I mean, like that that's the ballgame. Like the enemies of Serial Progress Seeker are people that are teaching people how to do this work from home thing but have never done it, um, you know, are the people that are trying to scam people, are the people that, honestly, a lot of our enemies are the people that have put people in these positions with these shitty jobs that they're not paying them well enough and they're not giving them, and, and they treat them like crap. Like, we're in a position in, in this country and in this world right now where people are being exploited. Serial progress seeker really exists because work is broken. Hmm. That's it. Like work, traditional work, what our parents had is broken. And, you know, the drum that we're banging is that's bullshit. It doesn't have to be that way. There is so much value to give and to charge for that people will gladly pay you for if you will put it out there and put it out in your, your unique way. Like, yep. I, I am so tired of living in a world that's like this sanitized version of things. The reason this is cool is it's dangerous. Like... <laughs> That you know, not everything in here I'm going to agree with, and I, I like that. They're, I don't yeah. feel like they are writing to me, you know, to try to satisfy me. I feel like I'm hearing something of how they actually feel. And, and with Serial Progress Seeker, you know, I I don't feel like I've ever been somebody that's ultra offensive, but I definitely have an opinion on a lot of things. And listen, that opinion is going to turn a lot of people away. Period. And I think the number one thing that I have tried to make sure that we continue to do is we tell the truth and we don't dance around. Um, sometimes it's not even telling the truth. Sometimes it's not talking about things. And I think that the thing that we're really trying to do is we've, we've got a, we've been, we've got a great audience of people that have listened to us, but you know, it's time to take the gloves off too. It's time to really call out a lot of the things that we see going on out there that are just fake um, and, and not real. And so yeah, I think that's important is, is in your business, we are, we are entering a moment to where we don't want to just polarize audiences to polarize audiences because that's what a lot of people do. That's bullshit too. Yeah. Just to, just to go to one side, just to build an audience, that's crap, but really call things out as you see them. And 
you know, a lot of people are saying, well, that's not professional in business. You'll lose customers. Yeah, you will. But you will pull in the right customers so close to you that they will do anything. An article that I cite all the time, and I, I bring this up over and over, is that a thousand true fans article. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Do you have people that really believe in what you're doing in your message? And if you can do that, you may not be cool to the most people out there, but you're going to be cool to the people that matter to you. And um, I think that's it. The, the other side of that is a brand. Are you actually trying to grow so that you're not so stuck? Uh, because the truth is not the truth forever. Uh, the truth mm-hmm. is the truth because we found out more information. What's great about this and what I love is if you were to like thumb through this, you're getting a mix of old bands that they're talking about, but you're getting a good mix of new bands that they're talking about too. Things that like are the cutting edge. I mean, here is something about the who, you know, like, and then we, nice. we go two pages over and we've got a brand new band that they're talking about that I've never heard of. And that's the thing. How do you continue to tell the story when new information is presented? Serial progress seeker, you know, in answer to your question, is not about where we've been. It's not about what I'm doing. It's not about what you're doing. It's about what is happening out there around us that we can give people a window into. And that's it. Because like nobody really gives two shits about maybe for a second you care about what I've done and where I came from. Okay, cool. But what's happening out there that we can report on? That's what we're interested in. I think that's what they're interested in. What is actually going out there on out there right now that you can't see because nobody else is talking about it or nobody else is talking about it in a way that's truthful. And so, you know, from a from a mission standpoint, I think that's what it's all about. It's how do you adopt that we don't give two fucks about <laughs> the majority of people. We're gonna tell the story of what's happening around us in the way that we feel that we should tell it. And I feel like that's, you know, whatever your business is, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're a dentist, yeah, be professional, but be you. The more you you can be, the more enjoyment you're going to get out of doing your job and the more of your people you're going to pull in through the door. And I think that that's incredibly important. Man, what a cool topic to talk about. It's it's so refreshing. And the word you said was attractive multiple times, and it's and it's true. It's just so – it just feels good to see somebody out there, in this case a brand, that's just so confident and, 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 and ensuring themselves of what they're putting out into the world and what they can offer to the world. And, and, and they're putting out content on literally – one of our favorite subjects, which is music, but it's 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 doing it in such a way that's just so incredibly refreshing and attractive, and I think it's just so cool. So kudos to Cream Magazine, kudos to you, man, because it's it's a uh, it's something I think that we can we can totally apply their ideals and their logic behind what they're doing to what we're doing every single day. It's awesome. Well, it's incredibly inspiring, and I think that's the thing is like when I look at that, I'm like, how do we let go of the last instances of us that are trying to play it safe, and that's it. I mean, like when I saw when I saw that when it arrived, you know, you think about your own business and you're like, we still have pieces of this puzzle where we're playing it safe. How are we letting go of that and being completely our authentic selves, um, and turning that into something that's even more of a business than what we already have? But at the same time, people that buy from us, the people that consume this stuff from us, how do they feel like it's an authentic experience because it actually is? And not a sanitized experience, and and I think that's if we get to that point, if that's what we're learning from something like this, you know, then uh, this something like this comes around at exactly the right time. And I think that yeah, we we have to lean into that as much as we can. And anybody listening, lean into who you are. Everything has gotten so corporate. Everything has gotten so big business that there is a huge gap right now for businesses to pop up that aren't that. 
and people want to spend their money with you and they want to spend more money with you than they would with an Amazon, what they would with a Walmart and, and not knocking those. We need those things. But I think people are looking for the inside joke. They're looking for the thing that not everybody knows about and they will tell all their friends because they want their friends to be a part of the inside joke too. And if you can position yourself that way, big, big things are going to happen. And we're talking about lots and lots of money coming into your business, lots of customers coming into your business. And most importantly, it's the kind of customers that you will actually like being around, not customers that will suck the energy out of you. And that's to me, that's what being sanitized is, is serving a customer base that you just don't really like. And, you know, who wants to do that? We didn't, we didn't get into this to do that. So... 